You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Thanks for downloading the Attacking Scrum podcast. Real, uh, real pod of two halves this week. And in the first one, a fronting up special, we had a special guest join us, which is Andy Jones, who is a, uh, a top name from the world of uh, performance analysis and has worked with the likes of, uh, of RGC, with Namibia, Bridgend. Uh, guy really, uh, really knows his stuff. So, uh, so Dan and I caught up with him in part one. And then in the second part, it turned into a bit of a, a, uh, a vitriolic rant about the state of uh, the state of the Welsh national side, and uh, we in amongst that we did preview the weekend's game against South Africa, and uh, and caught up with some of the other news as well. So uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoy it. Again, as always, drop us a line. Let us know what you think at Attacking Scrum, Facebook.com forward slash Attacking Scrum, and most importantly, leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for downloading. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 8 of the Attacking Scrum podcast and we've only gone and got ourselves a bloody guest this week haven't we Dan? We have indeed. This is First it. guest. First guest time. and scheduling has been a nightmare. I've had Dan Bigger on the phone today saying he wants to come on. I was like look that's great, Dan. I'm flattered that you want to come on. But Sam Davis has got to come on first. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's it. That'd be uh, that'd be a chance if he was getting pit first. But no, we've only gone and secured Andy Jones, haven't we? Big Andy Jones. Big Andy Jones is in the building today. And um, tell you a little about Andy, if you don't already know. Um, very experienced uh, performance analyst. And we thought that with us sitting here like a pair of dreamers every week, chatting about the side we'd love to see out there with James Hook at 10 and Matthew Morgan at 15. We <laughs> thought it was about time we had someone who knew what they were talking about when it comes to rugby and actually someone who's who's worked with Matthew Morgan. So um, it's a good excuse for us to talk about it. It's been, it's been a few weeks since we mentioned Nipper, isn't it? I know, yeah. He's going to get a, quite a few mentions, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> welcome, Andy. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for inviting me on. Well, most welcome. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Good, yeah. It's pretty warm in here. Yeah, I know it is, isn't it? We have... Um, 
this kind of studio has its own microclimate, so there'll be days when it's freezing cold. When you got back from holiday, it was absolutely bolted. It was, yeah, it really yeah. changes. You don't you don't quite know what to wear. Yeah, I know that's it. And um, and then yeah, today days like today where it's it's boiling hot. But we didn't get you in just to talk about the uh, the climate in this place. Um, much as again, I'm sure that the listeners absolutely love to hear about that. We thought we'd get you in because you're a, a proper genuine rugby brain and a guy who uh, who knows his onions or onions as Michael Barrymore once said. Yeah, that's a very dated reference for you there. Um, Let's bring it back to rugby, shall we, quite quickly. <laughs> uh, so cool, so you've, you've worked with the likes of, um, of Namibia, of uh, Welsh Rugby Union, you've worked up in um, in North Wales with RGC, Bridgend. That's an, amazing, uh, that's an amazingly varied CV, isn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, I started in 2009, um, so I quite fortunate really to, to have worked with some of the coaches I've worked with so early on in my career. So I started at Bridgend. Um, they'd recently, well, they'd been relegated from the Welsh Premiership. Yeah. So I wanted to get into analysis, um, and I saw sort of an opening and spoke to the club. And you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. How, how did you like? What was your first kind of? Did you just go to them and say, "Look, I want to help with your analysis." Is it as simple as that? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I've always been, you know, a huge rugby fan and always played rugby. So I wanted to. To sort of, you know, try and either make it as a player or be involved in some capacity at, at sort of at the highest level, I suppose, eventually. So, um, you know, I wasn't going to be a physio, uh, certainly not going to be a, a strength and conditioning <laughs> coach. Um, so, yeah, I saw this as, as an opportunity and um, just looked to try and get as much experience as possible. Uh, so, when they obviously were fine with me coming on board. Um, I worked with Craig Waller and Gareth Nicholas yeah. during that first season. Um, and, yeah, really very basic at, at that time. You, you know, it was just essentially filming the games, um, doing some basic codes. And when I say codes, it's sort of breaking down the, the footage um, yeah. into simple sort of... For, 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 By, like, bite-sized segments of the game and individual individual phases of play or yeah so look at set piece you look at phase okay. play you look at um sort of every contribution of each player would be coded so for argument sake Even back if, then yeah 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 um so if um if Craig Waller or whatever coach wanted to to sit down with a player and go through his contributions in that game then he could he could do um uh, it's quite towards the end of that season. They, you know, they were struggling at, yeah. at that time, and sort of almost in danger of being relegated again. And um, thankfully, the Ospreys came in to help, and uh, we had uh, Nipper, Matthew Morgan, and Scott Baldwin coming for the last. I think it was the last four games. That's not bad. That's not bad going, is it? It's what not bad to, yeah. to bring into the squad. And um, I presume they went pretty well then. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. Um, <laughs> Helped help Regen stay up, and yeah, Matthew Morgan. Um, I think in those four games, ended the season as our top point scorer. Why was he playing ten then? Uh, yeah, I think he was actually. And balled in at nine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his passing accuracy was uh, was not great yeah. at nine, um, but yeah, it's made a massive impact. Yeah, scoring. That's scoring fantastic, from, though, isn't it? Four games just having that much 
that much of an influence over things. Yeah. So yeah, um, <laughs> would he be kind of one of the one of the best players you've you've seen? Again, I I have this tendency to start rambling about Matthew Morgan at any at any given opportunity, so I've seized this this chance. This is it now. Uh, this, this is, is it. Now, this is, is going to be going on. That's that's the end. Until we get Matthew Morgan on, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to. I just want to hear more about him because I, I do get excited watching him play. But he's a gifted player, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, um, so the coaches at Bridgend at that time were this, the same coaches at Bridgend College. Okay. So they had they had a talented group anyway. They, they quite a few of those guys at Bridgend College, are, I think, playing for the Ospreys or involved in the Ospreys currently. Um, and I remember helping a bit at Bridgend College as well, and 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 seeing um, Nipper against players of his own age and yeah obviously a very talented um talented kid and you know he his his ability to to beat a defender or you know his speed off the mark um is at times undefendable yeah um and there's a few there's a, there's a few players um similar to that was he was he could you talk us through sort of one of you know the, the best you know the best passenger player you saw from him or yeah um in fact, if you've got them on DVD or on your old laptop, like I'll have please, so I'll sit there and watch you, it. You yeah. Probably <laughs> them. yeah, well, uh, yeah, one, yeah, one does stand out. Um, I, I can't remember the team we were playing, but it, it was obviously at the back end of that season, mm. and um, I think the ball had crossed um, our try line, so the ball you could just put the ball dead, and it's a twenty-two restart. Um, but he just picked it up. And literally just weaved around half the team and, and scored uh, under the post at the far end. So, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, like I say, I could watch that. I could watch that all day long. So from Bridge End, mm-hmm. what was the next? What was the next move? Um, well, as I sort of alluded to earlier, I was quite fortunate, sort of early on in my, as I still am, I suppose, to work with some really good coaches. Mm-hmm. And that second season with Bridge End. Um, the, the Ospreys sort of came in to help and Steve Tandy and Griff Reese who are obviously the yeah, current yeah. Ospreys coaches um, they came in and, and it was through that you know, just like work experience with the Ospreys or Griff Reese was the, the Wales 18s head coach at the time so just got a little bit of experience there um, and then obviously managed to obviously help Jen get into the, the premiership at the end of that the following season Um from there, just got some experience with the Cardiff Blues, um, helped with Cardiff and Pontypridd doing the analysis for them, uh, only for a short period because uh, an opportunity uh, came up to to go to North Wales with the with the Welsh Rugby mm. Union to help that development region um, RGC. So, so would this been in the early the early days of RGC then, or were they yeah, been established well, a little while by then? Um, so a couple of years prior to my involvement with them. Um, Canadian internationals were, were sort of playing for RGC. Yeah. Uh, so they would play friendlies against like the Welsh Premiership teams like Pontypool at that time, uh, you know, Cardiff, uh, Lethley, those type of those type of teams. But it was, I think they only had one or two North Walians in that team. Uh, yeah. yeah. So um, as a North Walian, solely a North Walian um, sort of entity. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I went up, it, it was that. Yeah. Because again, it's something we it's something we kind of talk about quite a bit. Because from my my point of view, I think it's a great thing to see uh, to see a, an area of an area of the country that there's potentially a massively untapped resource, yeah. you know, turning into quite a 
quite a prominent club slash region. Yeah, you, you must have seen some must have seen some pretty talented youngsters while you're up there as well, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, part of my role up there it was not only to sort of look after the senior team with regards to analysis. It was um, the academy, um, the under 16s, the under 18s uh, as well. So, um, sort of, I you know part of my role would be to to deliver analysis sessions to academy players, um, and that can be, you know sort of looking at elite level on a certain um, area where it could be sort of defence, tackle technique, looking at sort of those elite level players doing or performing certain aspects of that skill well um, and then showing sort of the academy players where they're going wrong or or areas they're doing really well, um, that kind of thing. So to work closely with those players. And as I said, it could be a team environment or it could be a a one-to-one. Yeah. Um, so the likes of, I mean, we, we sort of in the more re- recent years, we've had some really good players come through the ranks. Um, sort of Ollie Crackton now at the Ospreys. Yeah. Uh, you got only last year while I was still there. You had James Lang go to the Harlequins. Um, Sean Lonsdale signed for Exeter Chiefs, and um, obviously part of the that Wales Under Twenties um, Grand Slam campaign. You had Reen Williams, who's who signed for the Cardiff Blues. Uh, and obviously recently trained train with Wales. Yeah. Um, really. So it's great to see those guys. Impressive names there. It I is, mean, isn't it? It's like yeah. some some really established figures now and some exciting players coming and, up. And no doubt there'll be a, a lot more as well to come. Oh, to absolutely. Come yeah. I mean, obviously seeing them now, they're third in the Welsh Premiership. Yeah. I think probably taking a few, few people by <laughs> surprise. Yeah. Um, they beat Cardiff 35-10 the other day so it's great to see them go from strength to strength um, anyone uh, anyone up there that we need to keep an eye on you know anyone you'd say is going to be a, a real hit um, well yeah Reen Williams will probably do yeah. will do pretty well hopefully uh, fingers crossed he's a great kid so it'd be good to good to see him and and uh, the like, but yeah, there's there's a few talented guys. Okay. I wouldn't like to name them so early. Um, yeah. yeah, but I'll certainly be keeping an eye on to see if they do um, do make it. Yeah, okay. That must be quite interesting if you've seen them at a, at a younger age and then worked with them. Then you just be keeping an eye on, seeing where they pop up. Yeah, it's yeah. it's great. Yeah, um, you know, up in up in North Wales, you've got the the academy staff that. Sort of look after those those guys. You obviously have the analyst, you have the strength and conditioning coach, physio. So we all work together to help improve these players, um, and it's great then to see them, you know, get international honours, whether it's age grade, yeah. and, and see them progress and become better players. And then it's great to see when they they finally do, they do make it. Uh, do, you, do you think that they've um, the youngsters well and and the other players there have hugely benefited from having? The two overseas boys playing ten and uh, ten and twelve um, in key positions. Yeah, no, they're, they're like so. Yeah, so up in yeah. So you've got well, James Lang was playing ten um, last season. He did he did a great job, and obviously partly why he's been picked up by Harlequins. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yeah, this this summer you got Jacob Boxker and Tian Lutz. Tian's been with us for a couple of seasons, um, but yeah. We, Probably, you know, obviously influential players um, at RGC, but oh God, there's some there's some very good 
um, players as, as well as those who've, who've mm. made a huge impact. Uh, it's just great just because of the sacrifices they have to make. Yeah. You know, the, <clears throat> obviously the likes of Cardiff come up once a season, um, whereas the, the North Whalians obviously have to travel every other week down. And you know it is a it's a hell of a lot of it's a, tra- a hell of a lot of travelling, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. It, yeah, yeah, it's it a big is. commitment, isn't it? I mean, for the families as well. Yeah, it is. Of those it players, is. you know, it is. Um, do you think that brings them? Do you think that makes them tighter? They're, <laughs> they're sort of you know together. Yeah, probably yeah, a lot more. There's, mentality, well, right? there's, there's been some interesting. Well, I've seen some interesting bus trips on the way back. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So they bonded very well. Naked buses. <laughs> you can't comment. Can no you? comment. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> So I mean, from from working uh, at RGC as well, that brought up a interesting chance for you to move and uh, move abroad and, and get involved with the Namibia setup. Tell us how that came about. Yeah, so <clears throat> I didn't know um, I didn't know Phil Davis at the time. He was at that time his world rugby consult- consultant. This was back in November twenty fourteen, um, and they were playing Canada at, at Arius Park. Uh, so during the team run, I. I just went and spoke to him, just seeing what their analysis setup was like. Just seeing, really, I was sort of just trying to be proactive to see if there was anything with a view to the World Cup um, the following year. Uh, I'll say credit to um, my former boss, uh, Reese Long, who, uh, who fair play gave it the go ahead. And the next day, I was told to to get my passport. The next day, the next day, That's absolutely wow. incredible, isn't yeah. it? You must have been pinching yourself, have you. Yeah, is this, just, is this real? Yeah. I, yeah, I just went with it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, you're so glad you had that conversation. Oh, it just shows, doesn't it? Yeah, but I mean, that's that's quite a common, that's quite a, a running theme, isn't it? Of you just kind of making sure you put yourself in that in that situation and yeah, pays dividends. Yeah, yeah you got nothing to lose, have you? You know, they could well, they just say no and then never mind. Yeah, um, but <laughs> yeah, so I actually thought it was just a one-off friendly. Um, but obviously they were on their European tour so we ended up going to Toulon to play at the Stade Mayol against the French Barbarians yeah. um, and then and then the following week went to Portugal to play the, the national team there and all off yeah all off just uh, asking the question yeah so yeah, it's amazing it yeah it's pretty pretty good so it's great to work with Phil um, yeah well, I mean, what's, he, uh, what's he like oh he's a great guy he's a great guy um yeah, and obviously I've worked with him in that build-up to the World Cup and the Rugby World Cup itself, um, and since actually with uh, Namibia, but also he became uh, head coach at RGC, um, and obviously just talking about the coaches I worked with, uh, you know, I have to have to say about Chris Horseman and, um, yeah. and Damien McGrath as well. Um, often, sort of the actual intricate details of of skill developments. So it was neglected is probably not the word, but overlooked possibly. Um, and I, you know, learnt a huge deal from from those two. Um, and they were with um, RGC, I think it was from t- sort of 2012, 2013. Yeah. So before Phil had come into RGC. Um, yeah, and then and then Peter Rousseau as well. Uh, he he came on board with Namibia. Um, Slap chips uh, <laughs> or French fries. Uh, yeah, it's a nickname. Um, yeah, you can't leave us with that. You got to tell us where this. Well, it's, comes it's from. A, yeah, it's purely because he's just got really skinny legs. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah spring yeah Springbok ex Springbok. Um, he was part of. Nick That's Moritz. right. Was it was it winger? 
That's yeah, it, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so he he was part of Namibia's um, coaching staff and that leads up to the World yeah. Cup. So I often um, had a bit of banter with him because uh, I think he made his debut against the Lions in '97. And uh, I gave him a hard time about that, but then he quickly shut me up by saying the 96-13 result. I was going to say, outside of the Lions, you haven't had a, a huge, <laughs> amount, huge amount to cheer about on South African soil, have we? And, um, yeah, plenty of, um, plenty of preview coming up in, uh, in part two ahead of, uh, ahead of this week's game as well. But um, to bring it back to Namibia again, because this is just like, it's a fascinating journey how you kind of ended up there, but mm. went on to achieve so much at that World Cup as well and got, gained a whole load of new admirers as well yeah I, I think sort of take yeah so I spent a huge amount of time with Namibia um, in in that lead up to the World Cup um, sort of before I suppose talking about the World Cup had some interesting experiences with them um, so we played we played an African Cup game uh, against Tunisia in Tunisia um, wow and yeah it was a yeah, it was an interesting experience to say the least. Yeah. So <clears throat> I was going to say, you think, you think it might get a bit hairy at the brewery field? Like, I mean, <laughs> Tunisia must have been another level up as well. T- talking about hair, as we were, as we were coming up on oh, the, yeah, on, on the yeah. tube, and you mentioned that uh, the, the, the young children next to him were, were setting their hair on fire. Um, uh, it, it was uh, it was all sorts yeah. going on. So it was a lot of entertainment, obviously. Yeah. Uh, there are no stewards. <laughs> Didn't feel particularly safe. Yeah, um, managed to managed to scrape a win. Um, thought thought my uh, equipment was going to get stolen. Yeah. So uh, I mean, you, you must have a pretty big, pretty big kit of equipment with you, even for a game like that. Or um, yeah, not a crazy amount. Um, so a software um, sports code runs off um, Apple software. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I have a MacBook Pro in Tunisia. I don't know if that's. Uh, but it made it back. I saw some eyes light up anyway. <laughs> I managed to managed to escape just with sunburn and mozzie yeah. bites. So. Yeah, ran out of there like uh, like Nipper from behind his own try line. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, from that, uh, we we had a two test series against Russia in yeah. Vinduk. Uh, now Namibia had never never beaten Russia. Um, so it's quite a, quite a big deal, and that's we were that's I, th- I, th- I believe that's when the likes of Jacques Berger, um, Ronaldo Bothma, those yeah. those kind of guys came back in it re- in readiness for the for the World Cup and that prep. So, um, but they played in those, yeah. So they yeah, must I, have, they would have made a massive difference. Yeah, but all, but also like in in Vinduk as well, you know, your altitude is pretty it's pretty high up. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to say off the top of my head how high, but yeah, we won comfortably. I think off the top of my head it was thirty nine nineteen, and then forty odd points to ten or something. It's a, it's so, big, big wins, yeah. yeah. So I mean, we spent uh, obviously a, a reasonable amount of time with Namibia to that point. So obviously, the you know, it's like the more time you spend with a with a team, the better they're going to get. I was going to say that must make a massive difference going into the World Cup that you've got an extended period together with you know that with that set of players and that coaching setup. Yeah, and you know. You look at sort of the past few World Cup campaigns, uh, specifically with um, with regards to Namibia, and you know they they had some tough results. Yeah. So yeah. it was more of a case of trying our best to make sure that that didn't happen again, um, especially when you're in a pool with the All Blacks. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, so we had a lot of work to do. And yeah, I mean, how do you go about preparing, preparing for a game like that? You know, where you go in massive underdogs, and it's not just like oh, it's any old tier. What you know, it's the All Blacks as well. How do you know? What goes through your mind where you're preparing that? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you can obviously you can like part of my role as an analyst is to produce swap dossiers. So yeah. you 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 know you look at their strengths and obviously they have obvious strengths. You look at their weaknesses, the opportunities and threats that they possess, um, and obviously you can you can find out weaknesses and and we did uncover weaknesses. But then you know are you able then to exploit those weaknesses uh, and I. And sort of just sort of shooting ahead to the World Cup, that that first game against the All Blacks, a couple of weeks prior to that, they had beaten Australia forty-one thirteen. Um, I believe it's forty-one thirteen to win the Bledisloe Cup. They'd already played Argentina in the World Cup. We hadn't played in the World Cup yeah. before we played the All Blacks. God. And I think our last game was against Zimbabwe about four weeks before that. In the African Cup, so going into that game was uh, <laughs> was pretty daunting. You know, they are current world champions. Yeah, it was um, it, it was slightly daunting because obviously the concern is you don't want to get an absolute hiding. Yeah. Did, did you have to look at um, <clears throat> the sort of the way in which you know the way in which the All Blacks come out? You know, the the hacker because for a lot of the a lot of the chaps, I suppose they'd never well obviously they'd never faced that. But do you have to prepare them for that because it, it must be. Must be pretty scary. Yeah, I'd imagine it would be as well. Um, so, in the lead up to the World Cup, we worked with um, Henning Garrick. Mm. Now, Henning was part of Jake White's 2007 World Cup winning squad as their psychologist. Okay. Um, so it was quite interesting, um, fascinating, really working with him in the lead up to the World Cup. And one of the things we looked at, um, we had footage obviously end on, so we could actually see the hacker. Um, so we showed the players the hacker, so they were sort of they could mentally prepare really to what they would see. Oh, that's amazing. So yeah. you're even preparing, from, yeah, yeah, a, a, a kind of. Well, I suppose if you don't players' perspective, if you don't do like, that, and then everything goes out of your mind, you've you've all the bit all the all the bits that you're doing before have, are out the window. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Um, and even even to the point where. On, on that team run the day before the game, on the on the way to the game, um, Henning wanted the players to just um, sort of visualise the, um, I suppose, the bus ride, the walk into the change rooms, the walk out onto the pitch. Um, he wanted the players to sort of mentally sort of prepare for that. So it, it was just a case of filming, filming it all. Um, and then obviously editing it yeah. so the players could could look at it and with various quotes and what have you to to sort of prepare and that's what they watched before they got onto the bus. Um, so, so yeah, no, every every possible kind of preparation, yeah, every part of that route is is mapped out and visualised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, fast forward, forwarded, you can yeah, you can watch the whole thing. Yeah, that's Miss kick off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just to just to mentally prepare them, really. Um, but and, you know, obviously, you know, must have had a, a positive impact all this because acquitted themselves really well within that game and at the World Cup as a as a whole. Yeah, they did. Um, and I suppose the highlight was uh, scoring a try against them. Yeah, uh, and 
yeah, we just uh, I remember jumping up and down with the coaches in the coaching box. It was it was a pretty special moment when you think of half the players are like semi pro, yeah, slash amateur players. Um, it's like a win at that point, isn't it? That's your yeah. You're, you're, you're celebrating. That's your cup final there. Yeah. And again, no one's no one can ever how, can ever take that off them. How, no, exactly. Andy, how involved were you in that? <laughs> yeah, pretty. <laughs> <That's right>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, massive. No, um, no. Um, work, work Team effort. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, working with the coaches as well. Look at weaknesses, as I said in the, in the dossiers, and and one of them was the fact that you could see the All Blacks would overfold in their defensive line. So we had a line out um, in their 22 and um, we had some of our strike runners hitting it up, um, runners off nine, hitting up, hitting up. I think it was three phases. And by that point, the All Blacks had overfolded and left their blind sides pretty, um, pretty open. Um, and then we hit back and, and scored. So, so, so you're seeing all this before it's happening because of obviously the... the, the the tapes you've been going over. Yeah. It must be a spe- such a special moment when something like that, yep, it's going away, it's going away, and then you deliver. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it was great to see the guys put it, put it into action and, yeah. and, and do so well, definitely. I suppose on the flip side, it must be quite hard when you've got a player who's, who's struggling for form a bit and you know maybe that's evident in, in training and analysis and you've got to kind of highlight that. How tough a kind of conversation is that with someone? Um, I think... That type of thing would probably be the coach's route. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, as a, as an analyst, you know, I'm looking to help improve uh, players' performance, and so obviously, <clears throat> part of my role is to produce stats reports from games. So you can look at a, a player and you can see, you know, uh, week on week, for certain players lacking in a certain area. Uh, and you can monitor that in training and sort of part of the thing that I would do is um, is have a feed from training on my iPad if if a player was say for argument's sake doing a tackle technique drill mm. uh, and I noticed because um, there's some elite players that, you know who you see have poor tackle technique and it surprises me at that level but you do you do get it so it's a case of if I saw um, yeah, player getting the head in the wrong side or hinging down at the waist, um, that type of thing. Like, and pull that player to the mm. side and actually sort of help that session, help impact that session um, by showing that player sort of as a live review. Similarly, if if say Phil, for example, wanted to say he was doing the lineups with the with the guys. Um, at RGC for example and he wanted to say oh, I want to see the last three lineouts, get the players round um, and we'd be able to, to show that on the on the TV have a feed coming down and, and you'd be able to, to see that so the guys would have instant feedback yeah. it's amazing it's amazing how much it's changed when you, know, when you consider the game's only been professional for 20 years that you're at that level um, in Welsh Premiership Rugby you've got that level of analysis which you know, again, must be a big help in terms of improving the coaching yeah. Can, can can you sort of are you able to interject? You know, when you when you're watching, say a, a a live a live session, can you can you flag something up and and then say, hang, you know, I've got a I've got a comment here which needs to be heard, or do you, do you have to just let it go? No, no, no. Um, and that and that's what's been great with the likes of um, Damo, Horse, um, and Phil working with those coaches. 
um, they I've had a good relationship with them and so that you know you build that trust um, and then they they trust in your ability to fight for the right knowledge yeah, yeah. To, to, to speak to players or speak to the group mm-hmm. and if I've noticed something then I would absolutely um, say it and they mm-hmm. the coach might have already seen it or mm-hmm. or you know that that doesn't matter as long as I'm able to you know provide yeah. feedback on, on on an individual level do you, do you do you change the way in which you speak to individuals because obviously they're all they're all very different in, in, in the way they may listen or not listen do you have to do you have to vary it or are you told to sort of keep you know keep keep the same approach because um, that must be quite difficult yeah I mean like all, all players or all people have different learning styles um, but also you'll have players who perhaps aren't so keen on reviewing their footage or um, you know it might it might be just mm-hmm. the case if you see a player you can just literally instead of sitting them down and, and talking through a lot of things or with the footage in front of you it's just a case of you know it's this it can be the small details so if a if you've seen a player constantly like drop catches or drop you know drop the ball yeah. from poor catches um you know it might be the fact they haven't got their hands up if you're in the vicinity of the ball carry you should have your hands up um and it might be like they put their hands up late drop the ball so it could be just a passing comment pull them to the side just say mate you know yeah it, it doesn't always have to be a big um, deal type uh, thing yeah right? yeah definitely um cool i um it's been it's been fascinating understanding this actually it's yeah, been really, really good has. I, yeah, know, great, I, could, great I, chat. Could, I could learn for uh, i could learn for absolute hours here but uh we're eating into uh too much of time Andy. but oh, what what i'd like to finish on is obviously we're you know a pair of rugby nuts who watch loads and loads of rugby does it affect your ability to watch and enjoy a game you know, are you able to kind of switch off and enjoy it, or are you always looking out for things when you're watching rugby? Yeah, like so. When I was in North Wales, because I would always be looking at elite level footage to yeah. pull out to think to show like the academy or or, or certain players. Um, so I was always looking to then go and download it off Opta, so I'd be able to to have it in a database ready to show. Um, so yeah, it, I suppose it does. But more recently, I have been able to. To, to switch off and, <laughs> and actually enjoy a game of rugby um, yeah so so yes is probably the answer um, but more recently no because I can switch off so that's a co- coding culture so like it, yeah. cop culture with the police you're just constantly coding everything yeah that's yeah. it you dream in coding yeah. <laughs> Andy thanks so much for coming in and joining us really uh, really enjoyed chatting uh, to you been fascinating and like we say good to get some proper rugby knowledge on it yeah cheers Oh, thanks for having thanks, me. Thanks for coming in. Cool. Coming up in um, coming up in part two, we're going to be having a look at the uh, the game ahead for Wales this weekend against South Africa. We're going to be having a look back at what went wrong last weekend. If I can bring myself to do so, and as always at this point, uh, we always love to hear from you. So yeah, if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter at Attacking Scrum, on Facebook.com slash Attacking Scrum, and leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think. Give us a rating. And uh, yeah, part two coming up very soon.
Podcast Network.